You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 88. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by absolutely no one. <laughs> I'm running solo this week, uh, but next week we should have a full cast, and uh, I believe ISO Christian from Twitter, uh, Christian, is going to join us on a, a permanent basis starting next week, which is very exciting. Uh, it always seems like we're trying to struggle to get three people, so it'll be good to have another person, yet another person. In some weeks, we'll have four people. That'll be great. So, yeah, cool. Uh, stick around for that, guys, uh, coming up next week, and we will have our E3 predictions on next week's episode, so that'll be something to watch as well. Uh, thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there, as well as twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week is a bunch of news leading up to E3. Uh, there's just a, an insane amount of news coming uh, over the last couple of days, and we still have an insane amount of news coming in the next couple of days as well that we're going to probably have to fit in next week as well. So very exciting stuff, but... But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. So, this week, I am combining the PXN News of the Week and the topic of the show. It is just going to be one thing. It is going to be a ton of news uh, kind of leading up to E3. There's just so much coming out right now, so just kind of try to talk about all of it in our news of the week and topic of the show conglomeration here this week so with that being said the first story uh, of the week is time splitters is officially returning and is being developed by a reformed free radical design headed by time splitters veterans uh this is super exciting for me uh i know a lot of people thought i was probably crazy when i went back and bought Homefront: the revolution when i found out that you could play uh, Time Splitters 2 remaster, or, or I guess not remaster, but port uh, within that game by using these uh, cheat codes or whatever, um, which I still have yet to do because you actually have to play Homefront the Revolution to get to that. So uh, I'm very excited about this news. Obviously, it's super good news that they're going to have uh, uh, Time Splitters veterans from free, the original Free Radical uh, joining this studio to essentially rebuild that studio from the ground up. Very excited to see what they do with this. I really want to see what a, a modern day take on Time Splitters is because it's such a it's such a zany and like uh, over the top art style, and I, I love it so much. Like crazy stuff like monkeys and. Uh, it's just so good. It's amazing. I love that franchise and very excited to see it come back. Uh, and Deep Silver is going to be the one publishing it. They're the ones who are actually forming the new studio because um, they own the IP for Time Splitters, obviously. There, there's been a, a Time Splitters fan project that's been in the works for a long time as well that uh, I know a lot of uh, people have like really been clamoring for that, but. I'm not sure how far along that is because they they haven't really given us many updates on it, and it's been in development by fans for like, gosh, at this point, like close to like six or seven years, maybe maybe more. 
Um, so yes, this is very exciting that we're officially getting time splitters back because it was well needed. Uh, moving on to the next news story, Overwatch 2 will shrink the team size and PvP from 6v6 to 5v5. Very, very interesting news here because a lot of people in the competitive community were pointing this out like, hey, how is this going to affect our competitive teams that we've formed with Overwatch? Because like we have a six man team. We're essentially telling, you know, that six person when Overwatch 2 comes out, they're not going to be on our team anymore, like the competitive community. So that is kind of interesting that they're changing the uh size of player uh, player count for uh multiplayer matches but i guess it it really depends on how the maps are laid out in overwatch 2 and uh, correct me if i'm wrong anyone in the chat but i think that the overwatch 2 is still going to have all of the content that the original overwatch has and it's just going to add more content to it so all the original multiplayer maps from overwatch 1 i believe are still going to be in overwatch 2 so it's not like those maps weren't created with 6v6 in mind because the original overwatch was uh 6v6 so Definitely interesting there. Uh, it is an interesting problem that the competitive community will have to figure out. Um, maybe those one people, each one person from all these squads uh, that get dropped, they form their own team and like stick it to the people who dropped them or something. I don't know. Uh, but it is very interesting uh, that they're changing that because you typically don't see that from a franchise. Like basically say, oh, we don't want to do that player count anymore. We want to do this one. Actually, many times you see like developers like Halo, for instance, you'll see like just a variety of uh, of player bases. So like in Halo, for instance, you have 8v8 big team battle. You have 4v4. You have 2v2. There's all kinds of different. So it's interesting that uh they're kind of just saying, no, we just want 5v5 for Overwatch 2. Uh, Christian says, fans seem to not be happy that there isn't major changes with the full price sequel. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. Uh, that's that's definitely one of the things that I'm kind of like a little leery about Overwatch 2 because, yeah, like you said, when they first revealed it, they essentially said like, this is just like extra content essentially for Overwatch. It, it wasn't really like a full-fledged sequel. And I don't know. I don't know if the extra time that they've taken on it now is going to evolve that. I hope so, but uh I guess we'll kind of just have to wait and see and see what they give us in, at the end of the day because um yeah, I think you're right, Christian. A lot of people were a little upset about that hoping for more from Overwatch 2. Um Moving on from that story, uh, Among Us is getting a new color, uh, among other colors as well, in their next big update, and it is rose color. So uh, I just thought that was an interesting story. I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, little little space, space person uh, in a pink suit. So kind of cool uh, to give more customization for that game. Uh, I hope they continue to add more customization in that game because they have so much potential there. And uh, I want to see more maps and stuff like that come out from uh, Among Us as well. So very excited to see more of that. Uh, Bungie has officially announced a Destiny 2 crossplay beta is coming next week for PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, and Stadia. I know if Roro was here, he'd be super excited about this because he loves Destiny 2, plays it a ton. 
Um, but this is uh, this is kind of on the heels of Bungie uh, sort of accidentally uh, creating crossplay uh last week or two weeks ago whatever day that was they accidentally enabled it and people started messing with it uh and it actually from what i've heard it actually worked pretty well until they shut it off and and then you could you could still see your friends online but you couldn't join them uh on another platform so very excited to see destiny 2 kind of broaden its its horizons and and allow everyone in uh that wants to be in no matter what platform you're you're on uh you can play with your friends now which uh or at least once this beta starts which is absolutely great so uh, moving on from there, uh, season seven of Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Yes, I know. What a surprise. I'm talking about Halo, the Master Chief Collection uh, is getting a bunch of new elite armor and uh, also some cool energy swords. So season seven is essentially going to focus on the armor for elites in Halo three specifically. Uh, and it has a lot of cool armor sets for sure. Like, if the one thing that 343 has knocked out of the park so far with with Master Chief Collection is adding new armor that actually fits in with the original game's art style and I feel like these new elite armors really uh back that up as well and many of them look super super cool very excited to check those all out um and the new energy swords look sick as well like for so long I feel feel like people were wanting like different colored energy swords and we kind of got a little tease of that or taste of it in uh halo 5 with some of the variants that we got uh because you had like you know prophet's bane which is the arbiter sword uh which kind of had a different look to it but it was still sword um yeah and uh very excited to kind of see how that evolves over time and uh 343 continues to kill it with uh nobody really uh, caring apparently that uh, Master Chief Collection is still putting out some awesome content, so that's very cool as well. Um, moving on from that story, Crytek appears to be teasing an imminent announcement of Crisis 2 Remastered. Yes, please. Uh, Crisis 2 is probably, I don't know, Crisis 2 was probably my favorite. Uh, a lot of people like the original Crisis, but I feel like Crisis 1 doesn't hold up as well, especially to, to today's standards. Crisis 2, I really liked back in the day. And uh, even I liked I liked 3 as well, even though I think I liked 2 a little bit more. It's been so long since I played it. Heck, I think it came out in 2010, 2011, something like that. Um and they just released the Crisis Remastered, of course, last year, um, which is very interesting, uh, that now we're already getting a Crisis 2 remaster. But I would totally be down for it and, and very much want to see what this looks like. I would love to see them revisit Crisis in a, in a sequel and maybe them going back and doing a remaster of one and now a remaster of two will maybe... Uh, put them on that train to to do another uh, a crisis game a sequel a proper sequel um, and it's always had such a prem- great premise to me like a f- super future uh, cyborg like I don't know I just love it the mechs the mech stuff in it and his suit is so cool and has so many cool abilities and yeah I just uh, I would love to return to the world of cr- crisis for sure um, and I 
obviously I think Cry- Crytek is in a better position now than what they were in uh, when right after Crisis Three came out. I think they were having some issues within their studio, but uh, they kind of turned that around, I guess, um, after their kind of uh, issues that they had with Rise: Son of Rome as well, which was an Xbox One launch title. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on from there, Ubisoft has confirmed that Watch Dogs Legion will be getting a 60 frames per second performance mode on PS5 and Xbox Series X on June 1st, along with the ability to play with friends on the same console family. So essentially cross-play, except only within the same ecosystem, which kind of unfortunate that it's not full-blown cross-play, but understandable i guess uh that they couldn't quite get that uh ready in time maybe that's something they have on their uh on their forecast for the future um but obviously with a game like watch dogs legion i feel like they need cross play because the player base is not going to be very big on any one platform because let's be frank no one's playing watch dogs legion necessarily for the multiplayer even though i loved the multiplayer and watch dogs 2 uh, as far as like the hacking mini game, I love that so much. It's so much fun. You're essentially trying to hack another uh, human player and trying to hide within plain sight uh, without them finding you. It's very similar to like the Assassin's Creed multiplayer from back in the day that they kind of w- went away from, which I hated that they went away from it because it was so much fun. It was such a cool idea as well. Um, but yeah, Watch Dogs Legion uh, kind of getting some more updates, which is always good news um this next one is going to be something that i have very little information on it's unfortunate that i don't have help on this one but i'll do my best here uh there is a rumor that square enix is working on a new action focused final fantasy title with team ninja called final fantasy origin this title is exclusive to ps5 and is coming to ps it's coming to pc later uh there is an alpha demo reportedly coming this summer uh this is interesting uh i know there's a lot of final fantasy fans out there i don't personally i'm not a big final fantasy fan so like me seeing another game with final fantasy in it i'm just like okay another final fantasy game i don't know if we needed another final fantasy but we get, we're getting another Final Fantasy, so it's interesting. Uh, and Team Ninja is very interesting because they made the uh, Ninja Gaiden games, so they have really they have a really good history with that hack and slash type of gameplay. So it does sound interesting. However, I'm not a big Dark Souls fan, uh, and it sounds like this may be like mixing up like Bloodborne and and you know a combination type of like action uh, role-playing games so to speak um but yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see how they do with this uh we've got kirik in the uh twitch chat saying what no final fantasy tactics 2 and no i guess not but again i'm not the person for final fantasy i feel bad that uh, i'm literally I have no experience with Final Fantasy whatsoever, so uh, it sucks that I don't have my my co-host this week to help me out with this one because I literally know nothing about Final Fantasy. They're leaving money on the table, absolutely. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there because I know there's a lot of fans of Tactics for sure. Um, and it is interesting, like, why have Team Ninja make another game and just call it Final Fantasy? I don't 
I don't really understand that. Like, why wouldn't this just be like an original IP if it's not like in the traditional uh, Final Fantasy sense? But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, our next story, uh, PlayStation is debuting 14 minutes of New Horizon Forbidden West gameplay in a special state of play tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific. So this is one of those news stories that I was kind of alluding to that we are getting a ton of news tomorrow, and this is one of them. Uh, I'm very excited for this game. Uh, I love Aloy as a character, and the world of Horizon was such a beautiful freaking world, and Forbidden West seems to take that to a whole other level with the, the beaches and the water and the jungle environment. It just looks so, so freaking beautiful. I'm very excited to see the 14 minutes of gameplay, and who knows, maybe they drop a release date tomorrow to try to get ahead of all of the E3 hype that's coming here in the next couple of weeks. And I do anticipate that Forbidden West is going to launch this fall and be the big PlayStation 5 exclusive coming this fall. Obviously, we have just in a couple, a few short weeks, we have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is going to be so good. It looks literally amazing. It's Pixar come to life, which is awesome. And this game is going to be just as beautiful in its own right. And uh, very, very excited to see this 14 minutes of gameplay coming tomorrow. Uh, of course, it'll be right when I get off work. So I'm going to have to run home and like pull this up right away to, to check out this uh, new gameplay. Um, moving on from there, another thing we are getting tomorrow, Dying Light 2 has teased a May 27th reveal. Uh, the interesting thing here is that last time they teased something on Twitter, they teased, oh, are you ready for more information? And then when they actually revealed it, it was just like essentially, well, well, we're still working on the game and we're, we're excited to show you it. Like they didn't actually end up showing it, but it does seem like this is the actual event that we will finally see maybe some gameplay on Dying Light 2. Uh, it's been a very long time since we've seen anything on this game. I believe since E3 2019 was the last time we saw gameplay from Dying Light 2. Uh, I am very excited for this game because the first game was a really, really solid start in, in the series, and it had that like tense atmosphere and, and a little bit of Mirror's Edge in, in terms of the uh, grap in terms of the uh, uh, climbing and, and mechanics such as that, and you also get the zombies and you get so much action, and I love it so much, and very excited to to see this gameplay tomorrow, and I'm assuming it's going to be gameplay. And uh, it's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. So it'll be before the PlayStation event tomorrow. So very, 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 very excited and interested to see what we get from Dying Light 2. Um, next up, uh, there I actually put this originally as a rumor, but we will actually go ahead and confirm this, that Xbox and Bethesda's game showcase is set for june 13th at 10 a.m pacific which is let's see 1 p.m eastern time uh very 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 excited for this uh halo infinite i've been waiting for for so long this game has literally been in development for uh six years and I feel like this is the culmination of what 343 has been working towards ever since the beginning. 
of them taking over the Halo franchise, and I am so, so excited to see more from Halo Infinite. They put a little freaking teaser image, which I wish I had copied this to show you guys on the screen here, but I didn't copy it. Uh, the teaser image of the E3 showcase shows all of the armor customization and weapon customization for multiplayer. Oh my gosh, yes, please. It's, it looks so good, so good. If you haven't look, looked it up yet, go look up on Twitter, the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase uh, little image that they released, exclusive art. It looks so good. I'm so excited. All the armor customization, all the weapon customization. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. Uh, so yes, I can't wait to see that as well as all the Xbox and Bethesda news that we're bound to get out of this. Uh, I did my Xbox predictions, what, two weeks ago, I think on my personal channel, very excited about them and hope we see maybe Starfield as well, even though it's probably not coming out this year as I kind of already thought. Um, but very excited to see that from Todd Howard's team as well. Uh, ISO Christian. Thank you for participating, Christian. I appreciate it. Uh, it says, I hope that we will see more Hellblade. I agree, man. I really want to see more Hellblade 2 uh, Senua Saga because uh, it looks good. It looks so good. The first game was so... The first game was so unique. Like the sound design in that game is just so amazing. It's incredible. I love it. It's so immersive. You're literally especially like if you have great headphones or like surround sound like i have surround sound it's so crazy to walk through the environments because you'll hear like something back here and you're like oh my gosh what the heck's going on and it just freaks you out and it's it's so good it's so good in that regard uh but yeah i would love to see some more senua saga um and honestly it should be perfectly timed to show up this year because we haven't seen anything from it since uh game awards 2019 which would have been fall 2019 that was the last time we saw uh senua saga officially announced so i feel like it would be time for us to see more from it so be interesting to see there uh our next news story valve is apparently making a switch like portable gaming pc uh this is interesting i guess my my question here is is this going to be modular enough for valve to say okay any game on steam can be played with this switch like portable device the question is can that happen? If that can't happen, then I'm not sure that this is going to be very successful. However, if if they are able to make something where it can play literally any Switch game on the store, I believe that's a huge, huge advantage for, for Valve because they can essentially say, all right, we don't have Nintendo's exclusives, but we, we have literally every other game that you want to play on Steam. We have all the major first part or uh all the major first party uh microsoft games because they all release on steam now and pc you have all the major third party uh games coming to pc and that's something nintendo can't even say because not all the not all publishers are 100 percent on board with the switch and that's not to say that the switch hasn't done well because it has but we don't always get the full-fledged uh, games from those publishers. Sometimes we get cash-ins like FIFA 21 or whatever that is literally a copy and paste from FIFA 20. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see uh, how successful that ends up being. But 
it does sound very intriguing, especially if Valve makes a really, really nice device and uh, maybe sells it at a loss to make up for it in, in terms of software sales. So, uh, yeah, uh, Kirik says in the chat, I'm sold. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in it for sure. I want to see what it looks like, but uh, I'm definitely interested to see uh, how much that baby can sell because that's yeah that's interesting oh the dog of course plays with his toy right we're in the middle of the show here um moving on guys biomutant uh has gotten some reviews i think so there's some interesting things out there right now about biomutant and i think that one of the best things that i saw out there right now in terms of best i mean like wow that really opens my eyes like biomutant is being uh, I guess lauded, I guess. Uh, I don't know if lauded's the right word, but it's being uh, downplayed because it has had issues with hitting that high bar of AAA. And essentially, there were some people saying on Twitter, like, hey, this is why Days Gone is no longer a franchise and isn't getting a sequel because like people are complaining about Biomutant not being a top top end uh, AAA experience, like it's not completely polished and all of this stuff, and it didn't fulfill their expectations and all of this stuff. But Biomutant is being made by literally twenty people, and like that's the problem that this industry ends ends up going to. Like you're comparing a game that is made by twenty people. Uh, to a game like just for instance halo infinite is being made by like four or five hundred people like that's such a big difference in terms of the amount of people working on it that it's not really fair to compare the two but we do in this day and age and i guess the other problem with that is the price of the game yes the price is the same sixty dollars on uh for biomutant sixty dollars for halo infinite or any other trip big triple a game but it, it does it does ask and spark an interesting conversation of are these two things able to be compared directly to one another because it's not really always that simple they they are very develop different development budgets and, and there's a lot of other constraints and i think biomutant uh kind of goes out and does what they were trying to do i guess uh the best they could do it obviously they they are still working through you know as many things as they can with uh, such a small staff that they're not going to have the most polished game. They're not going to have the best game, but that's not what they're going for. They're just trying to make something that they enjoy and, and other people enjoy. So that, at the end of the day, I think that is kind of important to reflect on with uh, games like Biomutant. So uh, moving on uh, to kind of continue off of uh, earlier stories, there is more news coming tomorrow, and this one is happening at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, which would be 12 noon Eastern. Uh, happening tomorrow and it is a sonic central which is apparently a first look at some of the sonic projects partnerships and events for their sonic 30th anniversary celebration so this is very exciting actually i've already saw i believe roger craig smith uh, on twitter uh, he was talking about this a little bit saying how excited he was to come back as the voice of Sonic in the video games, which is super cool. 
Uh, I know he's a big fan of the games, and, and I know he absolutely loves the character, so it's super cool to see him step back into that role and kind of dive back into Sonic. And I'm interested to see what else they have to show tomorrow. Obviously, the second movie, the second Sonic movie, is going to be coming out probably, I think, next year, right? Something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very exciting to, to kind of see what else we get from Sonic. I love the first Sonic movie, by the way. So I'm super stoked for the second one and maybe, Hey, maybe Sega's going to kind of pull Sonic back out into the spotlight and try to make it, you know, a big brand again. I know Sonic in recent years has kind of fallen to the wayside, so to speak for other things, but, uh, yeah, it's never too late. We could always get some more Sonic in our lives. Uh, I believe Kurok was talking about the uh, Steam handheld and said, if I can play my library, why not? Absolutely. Uh, that's a fair, fair point. Uh, if you have those hundreds or however many games on Steam already and it works on this new handheld, that would absolutely be a very cool thing to have. So very, very interested in that. Uh, moving on, we have Dead by Daylight's Resident Evil chapter that has been officially unveiled. Uh, we had already gotten a tease of this at the last Resident Evil event that the, that Capcom had. But now we have uh, the full details on what this chapter is going to be. Uh, it will be released in June and it will include Leon, Jill and Nemesis, which woo. That's exciting. I'm very, very excited to see Nemesis in Dead by Daylight, uh, especially because like Nemesis is so scary already. Like he's such a big, beefy character. And uh, just seeing him sulk around the Dead by Daylight map would just be terrifying, I'm sure, in its own right. Uh, and Leon and Jill, of course, are two of the, the most iconic characters uh, in Resident Evil. So it's very cool to see them join the roster of Dead by, Dead by Daylight. Uh, I need to go back and play this game. It's been a long time since I played this. And I know they've added a ton of content. They added what, like, uh, I think they added uh, Saw characters. Um, I think they've added, have they added Friday the 13th characters, I think? Thing maybe or michael myers one or the other um but yeah very very interested in that uh of course fan favorite characters in resident evil uh moving on we have more news coming this week far cry 6 is getting its gameplay reveal on may 28th which is this friday so we have all that news coming tomorrow that i've already talked about and Far Cry 6 is getting its gameplay reveal Friday. Uh, very excited to see this finally get revealed. Uh, I played Far Cry 5. I, I got like, uh, I don't know, six or seven hours into it. And I was like, man, this doesn't have the same feel as Far Cry 3 and 4 had. Uh, obviously, it was a very different uh, setting, I guess. It wasn't a very different game. It was still a very similar game, but... I guess the atmosphere just didn't feel like Far Cry. It didn't feel like you're on, you know, in the survival situation on the stranded island. Um, so I'm very excited to go back to the roots of Far Cry with Far Cry 6 and really interested to see this gameplay reveal. Uh, I think Giancarlo Esposito, I think that's his name. Uh, he He's an amazing actor, and I'm very excited to see him as the villain in Far Cry 6. Uh, obviously Voss in Far Cry 3 was freaking awesome. And, uh, even the bad guy in Far Cry 4, which was voiced by Troy Baker, 
his name's escaping me right now, but even he was a really interesting uh, villain. So I'm very interested to see Giancarlo uh, kind of bring his own expertise of villainry to Far Cry 6. So very cool, very cool. Uh, Christian says, still can't believe what a week it is. So many events. Absolutely, man. It is getting insane how many events and how much news we are getting. It's absolutely unreal. Uh, we still have, we have a few more news stories here, uh, and then I'll go over my game I'm playing. Uh, first teaser of screenshot of Creative Assembly's multiplayer first-person shooter title, which has a bunch of Sega stuff in it for some reason. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Creative Assembly, of course, is owned by Sega, so it's not surprising that they're putting like these Easter eggs in there, uh, showing Sega and, and kind of giving that vibe. But uh, what's interesting is the screenshot very much... It gives me the feeling of Wolfenstein, but with like a different art style. Like it almost has like a little bit more cartoony art style, but I don't know why it just gives me Wolfenstein vibes just in space, essentially, because uh, the person's like looking out a, a window into space and uh, from I'm assuming a space station or a ship, one or the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm down for this creative assembly. Obviously, they made uh, Alien Isolation, which was kind of criminally underrated they also made halo wars 2 also criminally underrated i loved halo wars 2 um but yeah this i'm super down for this based on the screenshot already like i'm already on board uh and i'm very excited to see what they show off and uh i'm kind of interested to see when they are going to actually like unveil this game maybe it'll happen at e3 i'm not sure but uh i'd say this game has been in development for a few years uh and obviously they they haven't made anything that i can think of since halo wars 2 launched in 2019 2018 2019 i can't remember but yeah very excited for this and uh really really intrigued to see some more from it uh moving on we have Epic has launched an updated website for Unreal Engine 5 with all the new details as well. Uh, Valley of the Ancient, which is their kind of sample project, so to speak, for Unreal Engine 5, is available as well and can be downloaded from the Epic Game Launcher, which is 100 gigs. Jeez, for a sample project. My goodness. Uh, system requirements are in the second image, which... The system requirements, the minimum requirements are an uh, GTX 1080, which that's not bad. I mean, that's it's definitely on the higher end um, still, but that's not bad. Uh, eight gigs of RAM and 32 gigs of system RAM. Oh, eight gigs of video card RAM, yes, and 32 gigs of system RAM, yes. Okay, yeah, that's actually not terrible. Uh, and they have successfully run the demo on PlayStation 5 and Series X consoles at full performance, which is exciting. Uh, this is kind of, it's putting it in the hands of developers. So uh, they're getting an early build of Unreal Engine 5. They're kind of getting to test the waters of Unreal Engine 5 before they kind of dive full headfirst into it. I know the Coalition recently announced that they're moving to Unreal Engine 5, and that's why Gears will probably not come out for a couple more years, the next Gears game. Uh, they'll obviously have to transfer all to that new technology. So, yeah, 
very interested to see more from Unreal Engine 5 and their demos and everything they've shown thus far looks so good. My goodness. They Epic is definitely masters of their Unreal Engine. Like that's been one of the pinnacle game engines for so long now. It's insane. Pretty much ever since I guess Unreal Tournament, but really, I think Gears of War, the first Gears of War, kind of popularized the Unreal Engine for uh, third-party developers. I think that's when so many third-party developers started to come in. And actually, I think part of the reason why Epic was saved after Gears of War Judgment came out and they had that long downtime before Fortnite that they weren't really sure where they were going to end up. But I think the Unreal Engine uh, money, the profits they made off of the Unreal Engine, helped them get through that rough patch because before Fortnite, there was definitely serious talks about Epic being in trouble. And uh, that's evidenced by they sold uh, the Gears of War IP to Microsoft, and it was a pretty good deal for Microsoft as well. Um, But yeah. Very, very different position for Epic nowadays with all the money they made off of Fortnite, and I'm sure they will continue to succeed with uh, Unreal Engine as well. So very, very cool on that front. Uh, next up, we have a couple. We have two more stories, both PlayStation-centric, so this will be a cool way to end the show here before I do my games when playing. Uh, Sony's Jim Ryan says the PlayStation team is planning on exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation franchises. Very interesting remarks here, uh, especially this is coming hot, hot off the heels of Nintendo not that long ago, like a month, a couple months ago, maybe uh, saying that they were wanting to get out of the mobile space. And now Sony is saying they want to get into the mobile space, which is interesting. The only thing that I hope from this is I hope this isn't just a hey, let's put Uncharted on on mobile. Let's put, you know, Last of Us on mobile. I hope it's not that. I hope it's more so if they're going to make mobile games, like make make mobile, you know, first games. Make mobile first games. Make games that are made for mobile. Don't make games and then pigeonhole them into mobile. Uh, Or maybe this means that they're just, going to try to do uh, more with, you know, game streaming. Uh, Xbox Game Pass has shown on iOS now they have the browser, uh, the browser site where you can log into that to play Game Pass games from the cloud, from xCloud. Uh, so maybe they're going to try to do something like that. Uh, who knows? Uh, with this comment, it kind of could go either way. But uh, yeah, I would I would definitely be down to see some of our favorite franchises like Ratchet and Clank and Uncharted and all of these games, Spider-Man getting mobile versions. But I want to I want to make it clear that I want to see a mobile first game. Don't don't just port something over because that doesn't really work like that. Um, but moving on to our last news story, Sony has apparently uh I don't know if this is confirmed, but this is, I think, no, no, this is not, this is not confirmed. Based on a PlayStation investor report, Uncharted 4 is likely coming to PC, which is interesting because Uncharted is like one of their staple franchises. And I know, obviously, Halo is a ma- massive like staple franchise for Microsoft, and it's coming to PC for Halo Infinite. But it's a little different because Microsoft has supported PC 
pretty much this entire generation since Phil Spencer has taken over. He's been like, yeah, we're going to support PC and Xbox. This is one ecosystem. Uh, and now Sony seems to maybe be starting down that path. Obviously, Uncharted 4 is an older game at this point. It came out, I believe, like 2013, 2014, something like that. Uh, let's see, 2014, I think. That sounds right. Uh, I'm probably wrong. But anyways, uh, yeah, so this is very cool that we're going to get a PC version of this. More people get to play Uncharted 4, which is awesome. Uh, it's a really good, actually, I think it's a really good standalone Uncharted game, too. Like, if you didn't play Uncharted 1 through 3, I don't think you'll miss anything for Uncharted 4. Obviously, you won't have you know the same attachment to these characters that people playing the entire series do, but I do think that Uncharted 4 is a fantastic way to, to start the show uh, on PC and maybe future iterations as well. So I think this is a fantastic idea and uh, very excited for that. Uh, Brenty says in the YouTube chat, which I didn't, I was watching the Twitch chat, trying to watch the YouTube chat, trying to go back and forth. Uh, Brenty says, hey, Daniel, have a great show. We are here with Roro celebrating his birthday. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Thank you for stopping out. And yes, Roro, happy birthday, uh, everyone. It is Roro's birthday. So very, very happy birthday to you. And uh, yeah, very, very excited to have you guys here this week. Um, ISO Christian would be great to see the collection come to PC as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think that that would make a lot of sense, especially after Uncharted 4 comes to it. Uh, it would obviously be better if Nathan Drake collection came out before the Uncharted 4 PC version. But uh, obviously, and I think PC gamers will take it any way that they can get it. So yeah, that would be fantastic to get the Nathan Drake collection on there and so good that series is so good love it so much uh naughty dog did a great job with that franchise so very very cool there uh curic also says in the uh twitch chat happy birthday roro so cool uh thank you for wishing him a happy birthday and we will all hopefully be back next week uh christian is going to be joining us as well uh on a permanent basis now and maybe we'll have sean i don't know i haven't heard from him so who knows where he's at uh, but yes, um, next week should be a much fuller episode. And next week we will also have E3 predictions, which will be very exciting. So make sure you guys come back for that. Uh, it'll be very exciting to, to have all that information. But before I close out the show, I will go into the games I am playing game. I am playing. I finished Resident Evil Village, which love that game so much. It's so good. Um, it definitely surprised me in many respects. Um, and I enjoyed it more than Resident Evil 7, I think. Uh, it, it had so many, you know, exciting twists and turns. Like, even when you think you know what's going on in the story, like, not I'm not spoiling anything, but, like, you think you know something's going on, and then it's like, no, that's not what's happening. And then, like, just seeing all of that back and forth and then seeing how they wrap it up at the end, I really, really enjoyed the story of Resident Evil Village. And, uh, yeah. Very excited for the future of that franchise, as it seems Capcom has kind of righted the the ship there for Resident Evil uh, as a whole. So very, very excited to see more from that game uh, franchise. So 
Um, yeah, but uh, the other game I've been playing, Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition. I was, trying, I was about to say Trilogy, but it's Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I started playing that, Mass Effect 1, and I will say I am pleasantly surprised by the upgrades that they did to Mass Effect 1. Like, the combat feels a lot better. I do remember, like, playing the in, back in the day, and I had played uh, well after the original game came out. I played the original. Uh, it was when Mass Effect 2 launched, actually, that I went back and played 1 so that I could play through everything. And uh, it definitely needed work back then. But now it's like they did a really good job on the remaster of Mass Effect 1 and in the Legendary Edition. And I definitely recommend anyone who hasn't played Mass Effect before it is such a good franchise. Like it is a lot of hours for sure, especially if you do all the side quests and all the main missions. And I definitely recommend doing all the the side quests and everything because there's repercussions for not doing all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's very very cool to see all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really a great experience. And I'm gonna try to stick it out with Mass Effect One. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to finish it all, but. Uh, I would like to finish as much as I can and then check out Mass Effect 2 again because Mass Effect 2 is the GOAT. love that game so much. Mass Effect 3 kind of, I don't know. It didn't quite land expectations for Mass Effect 3, but it was still a great game as well. So, uh, And it, it really rounded out the story. The ending was a little controversial, but uh, overall the franchise is such a fantastic franchise and I can't recommend it enough. So uh, definitely do that. Uh, so remember, guys, join us next week at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. We'll be live on YouTube and on Twitch. Um, make sure you check our, our uh, E3 pr predictions for 2021. We'll be going over all of that. Um, but anyways, yes, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, it was a great show, solo. Uh, but thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming.